What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to The Quick Cage, episode 40. Frank, what movie are you going to be talking about tonight? Uh, so tonight we're talking about the 1987 romantic comedy Moonstruck. Hmm. Um, also starring uh, Cher, um, Olympia Dukakis, uh, Danny Aiello. Um, a bit part by, uh, what's his name, John Mahoney? Right, the guy from uh, Frasier. Frasier, yeah. Um, pretty, uh, pretty popular movie at the time. Really successful at the box office. Uh, basic premise is that Cher plays um, Loretta, who's a thirty-seven-year-old widow, um, who kind of just drifts through life because she feels like she's got bad luck um, due to the death of her first husband uh, by getting hit by a bus. Um, Danny Aiello plays her boyfriend. Uh, Johnny, who proposes to her pretty unromantically over dinner one night, um, which she accepts, uh, later revealing like not because she loves him, but because she likes him and she just kind of feels like she needs to do it. Um, he goes to uh, Palermo to be with his dying mother, and he says he can't marry her until he comes back from that, but asks that she get in contact with his younger brother, with whom he's been estranged for years. Um, that's the Nick Cage character, uh, Ronnie. Um, Cher, or Loretta and Ronnie fall like madly in love, basically, uh, kind of finding kindred spirits in themselves. But um, Cher sort of hesitant to um, break off the relationship with Johnny, uh, you know, considering herself to be a center because she sleeps with um, Ronnie on the first like day they meet. Um, but he eventually wins her over, um, and then in the end, when Johnny comes back from Palermo, he breaks up with with her, saying that if he marries her, he thinks his mother will die, because um, she makes this miraculous recovery as soon as he tells her that he's getting married. Um, so she ends up getting proposed to by Ronnie, and they are engaged, and then, you know, they get married. Um, I, I don't ever think about this movie. I guess. Um, and I especially don't ever think about Nick Cage in it. And I think maybe the reason for that is because it's a really kind of nuanced and powerful performance by Cage, even though it's like a comedy and he has some really, you know, it's, it's, he's not necessarily a joke or played for laughs, but he's got some pretty funny lines and some really powerful lines too, but it's played very straight. Like he doesn't affect like a weird accent or, he just kind of sounds like himself. Really great performance. Great chemistry between him and Cher. Um, Cher is fantastic in it. Olympia Dukakis is fantastic in it. Like, basically, all the actors do a really great job. And it's got a a pretty pretty immense charm for being, like, kind of a small movie where um, there's not a whole lot that actually happens. It's mostly just, like, conversations between people. It's not, like, madcap or anything. It's just 
really like kind of a sitcom in that way, mm-hmm. um, but in movie form. So I guess it's exactly like a rom com. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's 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 really great. It's um, very touching, very um, very well written. Um, I really appreciated the direction. Uh, it's a um, Norman Jewison movie who's kind of all over the place. If you look at his filmography, he's a dude that like I never think about, but he's done, he says like such like a wide variety of things that he's done from, you know, rom-coms to action to thrillers and um, doesn't have like a huge filmography, but it's still uh, pretty prolific for the course of, I think like four decades. Um, oh, he directed the original Thomas Crown Affair. Okay. Yeah, Thomas Crown Affair. Um, Heat of the Night. Filler Fiddler on the Roof, Christ Superstar, and then like some weird shit like Agnes of God and Other People's Money and mm-hmm. um, Only Only You, <laughs> The Hurricane, which also I had forgotten about. Right. Um, he directed Bogus, which is maybe I don't know, like the worst thing that he possibly could have done. Only Only You is one of those movies that like I watched just because I watched everything in like 1994, 1995 that came out because I was a teenager who had nothing to do. So So anyway, so Moonstruck is great. Like I had watched another movie for tonight's Quick Cage that I was really excited to talk about, but um, Criterion has been hyping moonstruck on instagram a lot mm. like showing stills from it and uh their i don't know if it was a criterion before like i don't own it um but this showed like the new cover art and everything i guess maybe there's a blu-ray coming up for it but i was thinking like man like i think i like moonstruck but i don't really remember it and then i watched it and i was really pleasantly surprised so i haven't seen moonstruck since i was a kid but my mom loved moonstruck she was she really liked that movie a lot um but uh so I watched it a couple of times probably because yeah. she, she watched it a handful of times. Um, but yeah, I always liked it even as a kid. Like I thought it was a pretty good movie. Like, and yeah, I mean, I guess, again, I guess I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember like caring, I guess all that much. I don't know. I, the, the one thing I really remembered from it, cause I, I realized that I didn't remember a lot of the scenes in this movie. Um, there's a scene in the opera house that I kind of remembered. But the scene where she's first, um, like, where he's telling her that he loves her and she smacks him in the face, mm-hmm. like, sequentially, which I think was the scene that was played, like, yeah. her. Yep. <clears throat> back when Cher and Nicolas Cage were on, like, Donahue and whatever, um, hyping this this movie. Um, but it's free on Showtime, so if you have Showtime where you subscribe, you know, through a streaming service to Showtime. Um, it's free. It goes by really quick. Um, it made me laugh out loud a few times because, uh, again, like I don't, I didn't really remember it super well, so I was kind of caught off guard by a few things. Um, and it just made me feel good. It was like a really nice, quiet, hopeful romantic comedy. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of like the Coen Brothers if they could control their weirdness a little bit. Hmm. With the, this is the kind of movie they would make. Right. Like where there's a little bit of like weirdness, like the fact that you know Nick Cage is missing his hand and um the whole thing with the dying mother, but they don't it's not played where any of these people are a joke. 
you know, like nothing is at those people's expense really. And even um, Johnny, who's this kind of like boring, like by the numbers dude that just wants to marry her because he feels like he should get married. Like there's jokes made at his expense, but he's not a joke, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It does. So yeah, I really appreciated the way the movie was written in that respect, where it wasn't like a traditional 80s comedy where you're kind of made to loathe the people in it. Right. You know, like her father is having an affair and she, you know, has an affair basically. And her mother kind of has this like slight dalliance with the John um John Mahoney character that doesn't like lead to, you know, intercourse, but it still is kind of like a little emotional affair that she has because she's feels hurt over the father's infidelity and mm-hmm. like none of that stuff is made where any of those people are detestable or I don't know. Like I kept thinking about this is going to sound like ridiculous, but I kept thinking about fucking overboard when I was watching this movie. <laughs> where I was like, man, I, I hated those people so much. <clears throat> right. And not similar at all, but like, you know, that whole like late eighties romantic comedy. Mold. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. But like some of the, some of the dialogue in this movie too, like share, telling Nicolas Cage that he's a wolf and his strength is that he gnawed off his paw, you know, because he lost his hand and that was the only way that he got his freedom from this terrible woman he was going to marry. And I don't know, it's just, there's there's really great stuff and it's some really great imagery and it still is like serious enough that you take it seriously, but lighthearted enough where you don't feel like bogged down or depressed or anything. No, it's pretty incredible about Cher because Cher <clears throat> can really deliver. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, and um it's 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 fascinating that she she just did what I guess what she wanted to do as opposed to like kind of really go all out in terms of the acting and just took what she felt comfortable with or really cared about. Um, but yeah, she she's she can be a really really powerful actress. I mean, well, I guess when you feel like you can easily move back and forth between um, whatever like genres of art then maybe it's easy just to take the films that you feel are worth your time and easy to pass them up, like the ones that you don't really care about. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's gorgeous in it, too. Like, I, it's weird, because I always thought Cher was, like, really unattractive when I was young. But the older I get, every time I see Cher, I think, like, how, how beautiful I think Cher is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, do you think that you said that, like, you know, you remembered liking it, but it's like this time and you said something along the lines of like you, you cared this time or something like that. Yeah. Um, do you a movie that we have coming up that we'll be talking about in December? Um, I was watching a couple nights ago and I felt very similar. And I think it's because I watched it when I was young. And it's like, while I liked it because I like the plot and all that kind of stuff, kind of, and like maybe the characters, I didn't really understand fully like grasp like the um depth and nuance and all those kind of things of the characters and what their plights were and now that i'm older i got i i i can sympathize and understand or empathize maybe like more with yeah. like those characters um and i didn't know if it was something along those lines maybe i don't i think it's even more i mean that's a really good point i i think it's even more like basic than that in the sense that i think i saw this movie my parents probably rented this movie on VHS and <clears throat> I was probably playing like G.I. Joe or something or annoyed that I couldn't play Nintendo while they were watching it. So I was only half paying attention. I don't know that I've ever watched this movie willingly, like 
after a certain like when I started watching movies on my own. Right. I don't remember it anyway. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, this is one of those movies that was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards and mm-hmm. like was super popular among critics and stuff at the time. And it's just one of those things that's always in your consciousness because of that. But yeah, I don't know. It was um kind of revelatory. Yeah, nice. Makes me want to go back and watch some uh, some other share stuff from around that time, like mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like Witches of Eastwick, and I haven't seen Mask in a million years. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's it. Next week we'll have the movie that I watched, and I actually made you watch mm-hmm. um, this week that I'm I'm super excited to talk about because that's got a lot of like. It's it's going to be a a good like Nick Cage examination, quick Cage as opposed mm-hmm. to the, he's legitimately just like it's a good role for him and he plays it really well. Yeah. It's it's fascinating that we're going to have I, I I can't remember if this is a record or not, but I think we're going to have three positive reviews in a row. Which I mean, got to be we, a record because we, we we might have done it. We might it might have actually happened once, like. Might have actually happened once, three in a row. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 actually like kind of like fun to actually like talk about the positives yeah. of Nick Cage sometimes, as opposed to like the negatives of his like past ten years of filmography, where he just has all these shitty action, suspense, thriller, maybe supernatural type shit. Yeah. I mean, I think I think some of those movies aren't shitty, but. I, I think that it's the the the, the history of the, this podcast tends to differ with you though that while you like some of them, most of them you, you are shitty. I think I'm really I don't know like I at some point I'm gonna have to go back and look at like all these movies and try and find some commonality in just the way that he carries himself with certain directors like is 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 he a method actor? Do you know like I don't know any of this stuff about him. Uh, so, yeah, you didn't want to know this, um... No, I don't want to. I forget I asked. Yeah, he's, um... <laughs> you re- yeah, so he does have a method, but it's not exactly method acting. Um, I won't tell you what any of this means. Okay. I will just tell you that it is, he called, he refers to it as Nouveau Shamanic. I don't feel about that. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend so, that so, he, he, he said at one point that he um he would have to write a book about it. Um, oh well, I hope he does someday. Right. Um, um, but yeah, but, definitely worth watching if you've never seen Moonstruck or if you have seen it and you've kind of forgotten about it. I would watch yeah. it again. But what he likes though is he really likes German expressionism and um, Kabuki. Um, he's really into. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, there's there's one scene early on, like when she first meets him, where he's explaining how he lost his hand and kind of trying to push her away, where he has that really like close to unhinged like cage, mm-hmm. but it's still more contained, I think, because of his youth, maybe. Um, because this movie's 87, so he's not very old when it comes out. Oh uh-huh. um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, this really is impressed. this is one of this is when we were talking about it. I think last week with Peggy Sue got married. I mean, this is one of his breakout 
performances when it comes down to it. I mean, like this, this might be the breakout, like really when it comes down to it because of the Oscar buzz and everything. Yeah. Um, because it's like, this is, you know, that's 86 Peggy Sue got married raising Arizona, which is the only other movie in 87, which is episode 13 of this. If you want to pair the 87 movies up, it's only two oh, of them. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a crossover with the Coen brothers, like comment. Um, <clears throat> That was accidental. So, uh, and then it's Moonstruck here. And so, I mean, Moonstruck, like, yeah, I mean, this, this really, Pegasus got married. He's a lead, you know, so that is kind of noteworthy. So same with Raising Arizona, but this is the one where he starts getting a little bit of respect, I think. So this is a really pivotal movie for Cage. I mean, yeah. and I don't know. I don't know what got him wild at heart. Um, I don't know why I, 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 we'll have to do that someday and um i'll be interested in the reading about a little bit about why like why lynch chose him for that but so i told you that um wild at heart isn't available anywhere right right you did that's why yeah, or in my dvd player because i got it off ebay for like six bucks oh so not free for frank though <laughs> i mean it's six dollars six dollars <laughs> cost of a streaming service for a month so whatever Okay, Mr. President. Uh, <laughs> what's the price of milk? Um, <laughs> you answered that question incorrectly one time. Uh, I honestly have no idea. Right, yeah. Is it like $5 a gallon? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're close. Like, yeah, like four, $4.30 I a lot of times. I mean, I don't, so I don't drink milk anymore, so I don't have like, mm, right, right. I don't know that I would know that answer anyway. We have a lot of um, we have a lot of movies that I'm I'm so interested in Cage's filmography for you to like get to at some point from like the '90s and stuff like that. And guarding um, tests, guarding tests, I'm interested in honeymoon in Vegas. Honeymoon in Vegas, I'm interested in. Um, you watching that and like kind of? I'm like, looking forward to watching that again. Yeah. Um, I want to see what once you think bitten. of once bitten, right? Yep. Um. Or no, he's Vampire's Kiss, right? Once Bidden is Jim Carrey, right? Not the same thing. Yeah, Vampire's Kiss, you're right. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? I uh, Oh, it could happen. Oh, you know what the one I'm really waiting for? Because I don't think you've ever seen it, have you? Trapped in Paradise? I have not. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a great episode. I'm that's hoping gonna... it's free somewhere soon because of the holidays. Because I'm really loath to spend like $5 <laughs> right yes it would be i spent probably five dollars to see it in the movie theater in like 1993 or whatever so um yeah i've never seen it you know um new mutants is available to rent now oh so like twenty dollars or like three no uh -uh, six bucks oh okay it's crazy it's crazy cheap that it like it just came up to rent and it's already like six dollars so yeah maybe they figure that because it's so poorly in the theater they have no hope so they might as well try and get as much as they can off people that are like waiting to see the car wreck or whatever. Right. I think it looks really good. I'm super excited to watch it this weekend. So, um, I really want that. Was one of the things I almost broke quarantine to go see that movie because right. that was like that brief period when the theaters opened for a little bit. Sure, right. And then we talked about this. Well, you didn't respond to any of the texts, but I brought <laughs> this this morning. Um, that Wonder Woman uh, yeah. 84 is going to be streaming on HBO Max. Yep. 
for free for one month starting December 25th. So, right. That's a nice, uh, nice little present for the holidays. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, I had read, I had read it at like six 30 this morning. So like when you like ended up sending it, like I had, I had heard of it and I was like trying to do like five things at once. So I just ignored it. Can't, can't engage in a conversation with your friends because that's, that's too much. What am I going to say? That's cool. Like, I'm glad that it's going to be on there. You like, can help me explain to Orion, like, what the sense of, like, putting it on a streaming service like that is. Um, <clears throat> I feel like the the explaining to Orion, like, the only thing that really matters has kind of been done. Um, <laughs> and, I actually like, had a really long response typed out um, mm-hmm. to explain it, and I just deleted it because it felt like it worked. <laughs> and right. I'd actually put in all the work to get to that point, but I was like, well, this may raise two or three other questions, and I'm just not into it. So right. 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 I, I get, think it's I get, a really strategy. I hope other people, other companies adopt that. Well, what I was thinking about um when I when I read those texts um <laughs> was that I do. I think it's I think it's a really interesting strategy and you're exactly right in the sense that like, you know, what else are they going to do right now? They're not making any damn money. So it's like they have to do something. And that's why all these things are going on Disney Plus or whatever. Um, But I actually see it much like I'm like seeing like, you know, an education where I think this idea of like virtual learning will actually like take hold in terms of like higher education like it won't replace in class stuff, but will become another option long term. Um, because there's so many people that like enjoy that option. I think it's going to be very similar, like in this case, where it's like, I think it's going to be as a, as a, it's going to be very strategic. And as like a bonus, you're going to start seeing these streaming services paying more money for stuff that will eventually be in the theaters, you know, or could be in the theaters and get it for theater right. release, but they'll pay so much money as a bonus to try to get, get subscribers. And that's I think it, to me, that's the brilliant part of the strategy is that it's not free forever. It's just free for a month. Right. So you're going to get those right. people that are going to subscribe to it. And even if like only like 30% forget to cancel that subscription or decide to stay, mm-hmm. like you can increase your viewership like pretty exponentially. And you sure. can do that across like all kinds of platforms. So people are always like subscribing to these platforms just to make sure that they have access to these movies when they come up. Sure. I mean, I think what it will do is it will make people do what I'm, and I think you to a lesser degree, but still are like already doing, which is just um, service hopping, you know, like, you know, uh, service surfing, like where it's like, uh, you know, Showtime and Stars were offering on through Prime, we're offering like their service for like, Three ninety nine or something like that for two months, um, like three ninety nine a month for two months. So we got stars and Showtime again because it's cheap, and we'll see what's on there and like watch some shit that's on those services, and then we'll cancel them after those two months, and then we'll go grab like I don't know CBS or something, you know, right. for a month, and like so it's just like we'll kind of keep track on what's on this service, what's new what's not is there something we really want to watch we'll cancel this we'll pick that up for a month and then we'll just you know so it's a pain in the ass but i think that's what eventually everyone will be doing because of things like this i mean the thing with um the hbo max portion of it is like there's absolutely and i didn't think about this at the time there's absolutely no 
downside to HBO doing it because they're owned by Warner Media. So Warner Brothers doesn't even have to pay any extra money to get them to exhibit this movie. It's just like, we have it. We're not earning anything on it. Might as well try and increase the subscribers. You know, and then maybe somebody buys the DVD or the Blu-ray or when it comes out in the theater, like, oh, I need to see that on the big screen or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, no matter what, they still, you know. What's your, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm not, like, too keen on this stuff. What's your point about Warner Brothers? Is, are they connected to HBO? Yeah, they own HBO. Oh, do they? Okay. okay. Warner is um the Warner. Um, Warner Warner Media is the umbrella company that's like HBO and Don't H- they, isn't Warner related to NBC as well? Is that the NBC parent company? It might be. I think so. I get that all confused because it's like the the Buena Vista Network, which I don't think it's called that anymore, but, you know, like Disney, Marvel, um, ABC, ESPN, all that stuff is owned. And then I think, does Fox own Hulu? Is that right? So that means that Disney owns Hulu. Yes, Disney does it, own Hulu. That's why there's the subscription between ESPN, Hulu, and Disney. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Well, that's because they bought Fox, and I think Fox was the one that originally owned Hulu. Yes, that's why all Fox the Fox shows FX got... Mm-hmm, right. And USA, so I guess they own all that shit. Well, yeah, USA is owned by, like, was related, is owned by, like, whoever owns NBC, I think. So anyway, so all those, like, that's the thing, is that these these giant media companies, what what do they have to lose by giving the stuff away if they're not making sure. it? Yeah. I mean, Disney did the thing where they charged $30 to watch Mulan and you can watch it forever. But if you can get somebody to subscribe to HBO Max for what is it? What is it like $12 a month or something like that? $11.99 or $12.99, whatever HBO is a month. Uh, HBO Max? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty expensive, dude. It's like $15.99. Right. Okay. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's the price of bread, right? <laughs> is it five dollars a little i don't know <laughs> my new trick is just to say that everything's five dollars because then it makes me relatable <laughs> um yeah max is the most expensive out of all of them um overall like in terms of those services but i mean max is pretty good um service i think overall like you know i mean i'm not i don't i wish that they had better tv shows like Again, like kind of like they used to, but um, yeah. but I mean, I don't. I'm not really watching television now, so it's not that harmful. But it seems like HBO always is like it's putting new stuff up and you know and switching stuff out. So I thought that um, Lovecraft Country was good. Like what I watched. Of it. Oh yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Is it done now? I have no idea. I haven't finished. Oh it. yeah, I don't watch anything usually unless it's done now. So it's, uh... I was waiting for it to finish. That's my problem is that I say I'm going to wait for something to finish and then I never watch it. Mm. That can happen. That, that's, that's, that's a, that's a valid move. I mean, yeah. Please see The Expanse. Please see The well, Magicians. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you watched that. Right. I told Brandy about it. Oh, so, you were the one that rec- you recommended that to her. Okay. Yeah, yeah because right. I watched like three quarters of the first season in like one afternoon when I was sick. Mm-hmm. and was super into it and was like oh i can't wait to finish this show and then <laughs> she really enjoyed it? that so i mean 
What was that show that we watched? Lost Girl? Is that what it was called? Yes, that Canadian the, show. Mm-hmm. The Canadian Fay World. Yeah, uh-huh. See, I really like parts of that show too. Never finished watching it. Right, I didn't either. I don't think. I don't think I watched the last season of it. Um, yeah. Sometimes I like to tell myself I'm going to do things because it makes me feel like I can accomplish stuff in my personal life. When in reality, that's just shambles. <laughs> um, do you want to turn this into a therapy session? I mean, no, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> How do you feel about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air coming back? It's not coming back. Is it they're doing a? You mean like they're not like bringing it back like a revival? They're like going to do a um a drama version of it. I thought they were bringing it back as a revival. No, they they did a reunion special, which is on HBO Max right now. It's it came out as an early preview on HBO Max. I watched it last night. It was good. It was just a reunion special. It's like an hour hour and fifteen minutes long. Um. Um. Where like the primary cast like got back together and um including like the original Aunt Viv um to like squash her beef with like the beef between her and Will Smith. No, it was good. It was it was enjoyable, like to see like kind of like the flashbacks, like you know, to you know, to the episodes and the behind the scenes footage from back then and then like them talking about it now. It was it was nice. It's one of those things it's like, you know, I, I didn't I didn't really think about how influential it really was when it came down to it because it was just the fresh prince and it's not like the height of comedy you know i mean it's not like you know the most sophisticated comedy in the world but like to to usher in a new era of black family after the cosby show i mean it was i mean everybody fucking watched that show and knew of that show like in the 90s i mean so in that way it's like super fucking important Um, yeah we um we watch fresh prince uh at work sometimes Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. One one of the channels shows it like mid afternoon. Yeah. So depending on who has the remote control at the lunch table, you know, you get to see certain things, and mm-hmm. Fresh Prince is one of them. So I'm actually kind of surprised a lot by how um how daring it can be at times, and like the topics it like yeah, not in like an overly like heavy handed way, but you know, it talks about like date rape and bullying and sure. Yeah, I mean they should they should they talked a little bit about that in that reunion special. Um I mean when you're trying to go to sleep or something, it's worth watching, you know. I mean, um it's 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 a decent reunion special of them talking, but they talk about that kind of stuff about how they used to try to bring up real issues and they specifically bring up stuff about like race and how they would try to bring those issues up um in a comical way with while still having that undercurrent of like here's the reality of the situation. Um and how like a lot of that stuff really still holds up today unfortunately <laughs> um well there's there was an interesting episode um a few weeks ago where we were watching at lunch where will is dating a two two girls at the same time obviously because that's what will did right and um one of them is a very like um like preppy um really mean-spirited like girl and the other one is really down to earth and like very like natural like she doesn't have a weave or anything and it's really like i guess just like a comment on will as a black man like 
like what is he attracted to and you know like i don't know it felt really kind of um i don't know that it would go over too well today because it's really kind of like almost like shaming the girl that like gets the weave and does her makeup and mm-hmm. wears like popular clothes and sort of like making her like demonizing her kind of making her seem like vapid and uninteresting um well i, I think i think it would be controversial today like i don't know if it would be like not rejected because i think that's just like every other issue in this country it's divisive as hell like you know in terms right. of you know i just i don't know i, I found it interesting because i felt like like then it probably just seemed i don't know like I don't know. I don't know how I would have taken it. Back well, then. well, back then, I mean, to be fake was bad, so that's probably the way they portrayed it, is my guess, right? You yeah. know, and like now, it's like to be fake is could be argued as self esteem boosting, and that that could be you know a positive thing. So it's like you know why really? like, like Instagram that's... models and stuff like that are like not necessarily viewed negatively as much anymore like yeah that was a question that i kind of was thinking when i was watching the show is that like she still cared about him and Mm -hmm. she was just kind of being true to herself like she wasn't necessarily like a terrible person she just wasn't you know into the same stuff as this other girl so i don't know yeah and uh, you know to bring it back around a little bit to what you were saying about like moonstruck again it's like and I think it's a problem that I have to some degree, like, not to keep harping on my same old shit all the time, but like with white people, what I call white people movies, like, right. I, like the fact that you were talking about like these people, like, you know, whatever, like, you know, like this guy, her father's having an affair, but he's like not dislikable in any way. Like, you know, like you can still kind of like, you know, I'm assuming what you're saying is understand him and still find him somewhat like, you know, like endearing in some ways. And like, she's having an affair, obviously, but you're obviously supposed to root for her in some ways, you know, and you understand the emotional affair because of like the reaction to the father's affair. And like you talking about that. And it's like, I feel like that's not what white people movies do. A lot of times they like overly dramatize it. Um, Like these like types of things where I, I feel like what you're describing right there is a much more, realistic reaction it's like and maybe what we need to be doing in general in society anymore um as hard as it might be which is you can do bad things and not be a bad person sometimes and like we need to like you know and i'm much more interested in those kind of things is like you know of of being able to sympathize or empathize with a character and still kind of find them likable and root for them despite the fact that they make these mistakes in their life um because i will still want to maintain that hope that these people can grow and mature and you know eventually like you know find some sort of happiness or peace or at least contentment in life yeah because even though this like even though moonstruck is kind of a like almost like hyper stylized in terms of its dialogue and not not even hyper stylized but stylish you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's it's meant to evoke that very specific like new york italian like first generation immigrant you know whatever like what what you hear and stuff like goodfellas and the godfather but from like a very like non-crime aspect like these are just right. like 
people. Sure. But the thing that's like so great about it is just there's nuance to it. Like it's not yeah. like like to your point, like the the act doesn't like define the person. It just is a a portion of their, you know, like their whole existence. And then these people understand that about each other and are able to relate to each other and come to terms with like things that have happened and have human interactions. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of refreshing to watch movies like that. Yes, I agree. I think that's why I really like why I enjoyed it so much mm-hmm. is because of that nuance and because of, you know, the. Yeah. Pe- people aren't defined by one trait or one act, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think, I think a lot of times those white people movies tend to do that. And yeah. maybe I'm just solidifying or, um, um, finding other reasons to to increase my bias but it's like i i, I find that um i find yeah. that that happens a lot of times in those movies where it's like this guy's infidelity defines him completely like you know this guy's like you know suicide attempt defines him completely it's his entire character and it's like i like the fact that it's like you know hey you could attempt suicide and still just be like a normal person you know, and it's like, you know, you don't have to be defined by that one act, you know, your entire time um, in a movie. And it's like, I, I, I appreciate that nuance in movies. And um, that movie that I was just referencing earlier that like made me like, you know, you know, that I, I found I cared about the characters because I understood the characters more as I was older at that point was very similar, I think, in that sense. Like, you know, where it's like, I... I can see the nuance and like, you know, what I would have thought at one point, because I understand how life works a little bit better than I used to, than I did 30 years ago. Now it's like, I see this nuance and I can appreciate these characters more and root for them, even though they're not great people. Like, we should watch Moonstruck, it'll make you happy. Yeah, I might, because I actually have showtime now, because it was like $3.99 a month. So, um, bonus uh, factoid before we, uh, mm-hmm we finish up um movie called come play which was supposed to come out in theaters is now available to rent on amazon for twenty dollars so not going to do that and then um brandon cronenberg movie that got some hype uh last year um when it was like i guess it was in festivals like early in 19 and then kind of went away called possessor Okay. Uh, Brandon Cronenberg being David Cronenberg's son right. um, is up for five ninety nine to rent on a Prime. Okay. So that that and uh, New Mutants are going to be uh, my two rentals. What was the first? What was the first one again? It's called um, Come Play. It's about um. I I could have sworn that you and I talked about this trailer. That, oh, it sounds familiar. That's why I'm asking you. It's about a kid who. This little kid who's lonely, so he's always like playing on his cell phone and he downloads this app and the app like creates a breach between like some pocket dimension in our world where this creature can like come into it. Mm-hmm. Um the trailer's fine. Like I thought it looked okay. It's something where if we were in like the normal world, I probably would have um gone to watch it on a Saturday afternoon, like by myself. Um prior to us getting drunk right so i I have another i I do have one question before we finish though um related to that very notion because i thought about it this weekend um so 
we did our um, best body swap movie with um, Jimmy Custis, you know, this past weekend. And it just so happened to coincide with an actual body swap movie getting released in the theaters. Right. What, what? Um, there was the Vince Vaughn, like, serial killer, and he ends up in a teenage girl's body. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know about this movie. Oh, uh, hold on. I'll find it real What quick. it's called? sequel to the craft came up is that a sequel yeah is it any of the original cast no no yeah uh, it's called it. okay it's called freaky um oh right 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 he he mentioned that movie during the podcast and i had no idea what he was talking about oh did he okay um uh so yeah it's directed by michael landon's son um he's the he also uh michael landon's son did um uh paranormal activity um that's like what he's most famous for chris landon um but he also did what else they do disturbia um uh, he did too um but yeah he did this um and i was thinking like freaky because i actually think it's a it's a hard comedy i think but um it actually looks like a, a type of thing that like we might have like possibly want to see but I didn't know oh, if you knew anything about it. Like it was, uh, if you saw the trailer or anything like that. But it felt like one of those things, maybe that. No, the only thing that, um, yeah, the only thing I took out of uh, our podcast really was that um, I've never seen that uh, Ben Ben Kingsley Ryan Reynolds body swap movie. Mm. So I might watch that at some point because I think it's free somewhere. Right. Yeah, and now I can't remember what it's called. It's got a, a um, backslash in it. Anyway, uh, it is called selfless, but it has That's a right. backslash between self and less. Um, from two twenty fifteen. So and uh, yeah, yeah Freaky's not up to rent anywhere, so I guess they're figuring that the seven movie theaters are still open across the country. <laughs> Right, right. Or if it yeah. is up around, it's buried. It's not like in the front of. Right. Well, you know, those seven theaters, you know, they'll probably only get like what, maybe twenty people killed. So. Right. It's a um, it's a reasonable cost to. Uh, go see a Vince Vaughn vehicle. Ugh. <laughs> Right, right. Who probably himself, if you know anything about Vince Vaughn, is probably um, doesn't care. Man, there's so many like pro Trump movies for rent on Amazon. Hmm. They're probably all fucking Dinesh D'Souza, one of my least favorite people in the universe. Yeah, he's definitely one of them because his face is on the front of it. But the other ones, I don't know. You better watch out because they're trying to strip away our Judeo-Christian values in this country. But that can't happen until after 2024 when Donald Trump leaves office, according to this documentary. Well, we're only, you know, five weeks away from Christmas where they'll start trying to strip things away. So, um, again, although I, I, I think there's now a war on Thanksgiving, apparently, too, which is funny. Really? Um, well, it's because of the COVID stuff. Like, now, like, the... Um, 
the extreme right wingers are uh, claiming that there's a war on Thanksgiving. Um, um, the war being that you should not go to your grandmother's house two states away and potentially kill her, I think, is um, is um, the war on Thanksgiving. Right. You probably don't want to drive through, like, Ohio, you know, to get there. Did you see that Ohio's um, uh, state house, whatever you call it, like, their... Um, Help me out with these words. Like coming. House of Delegates or something? Yeah, their they're delegates passed yeah. a law today that the governor and the secretary of health in the state can't force businesses to close. Really? Yeah. Really? So basically, these fucking idiot fucks are going to put people at risk so they can go to Hooters. I don't know why I picked Hooters. <laughs> Right. Well, it's this like pro small business type thing that which look, I mean, I think we all like actually no, I, I don't want to lie. Like I've said some really terrible things sometimes about small business, but I mean, um, but uh, I mean, obviously everybody supports small business, but it's like there are things that sometimes supersede your business, I would think. Right. And like, I would, the, I would think that once in a century pandemic that right. could kill it is killing like 1300 people a day now might be one of those things potentially depending on how bad it is in your area maybe maybe right. and like hey, um doesn't the free market determine everything isn't that what like we believe in this country like i mean that's what i believe 100 percent. i always believe you vote with your wallet well well but this is what i'm saying right so it's like if the free market determines everything I mean, isn't the idea that you have to adapt to a changing economy? Sure. Right. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of businesses, especially around here, that have adapted well. And I don't know what their bottom lines look like, but I know sure. that, like... They're surviving? We have a business in Northeast called um, Stackers. Do you know about Stackers? I do. Um, amazing food. Like, one of my favorite places to eat now, and, like, I support them all the time. Right. Like, they're a little more expensive, but I'll pay that just because, number one, their service is fantastic, and number two, like, their food is really good. Sure. And I don't mind. Right. Like giving them a little extra money just to keep them in business. Yeah. Um, I recommend them to everybody. So, if you listen to the podcast and you live within um, <laughs> a short distance of Northeast Maryland, Stackers on Main Street, thumbs up. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. Um, Not stuffers. Stackers. Stackers, yes. I don't want. I don't want to be. Stackers wasn't Stackers like a also at one time like a, 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 a like a stair like a some sort of like a shit. What am I trying to say? Like the the, the old like the supplements like uh, like like. Oh, it was Stacker two. It, it was Stacker two. Stacker two. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I don't know if there was a Stacker one. The Stacker <laughs> two is the one that would make you test positive for um uh shit creatine right Something yes like yes right yeah. right yep mm -hmm. um that's what um that's what uh, mcguire used to hike right Stacker oh no it was, it was mike piazza mike piazza was always taking stacker he was i know you're exactly right it was piazza and um but they also used to advertise it constantly on uh raw back during the attitude era like wcw too yeah yeah well it's because you know 
I, I don't know why. Because I guess I guess they thought that like wrestling fans were like wanted to emulate these guys and like you know gain muscle, which I don't think that's what any wrestling no. fan did. I think every wrestling fan sat there like with their Doritos or Taco Bell, like I did, and <laughs> sat there and just fucking stuff their face while they watched these dudes fake wrestle. <laughs> um, right. I, I don't. I I feel no semblance of like emulation when i'm watching that shit i just like yeah kick that man's ass right 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 all right do you think we've gotten far enough away from the original point yeah let's wrap it up by just by saying you should go watch moonstruck moonstruck is awesome right and support stackers if you're in northeast yeah but not stacker two but not stacker two right don't want to test positive for creatine because they'll be suspicious yeah sammy zosa All right. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.